Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 53 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. As we head into the last week of February, we're expecting to be wearing shorts and t-shirts as this crazy warm weather continues. The bees enjoy an early break from the winter's cold and I've finally found somewhere to expand and build my beekeeping business. short and sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span a beekeeper in fact just like me welcome back to the podcast the crazy weather continues average top temperatures for february in our region that's east anglia here in the uk are historically around seven to seven and a half degrees centigrade according to the met office data that i was checking this morning and it looks likely that we're going to double that figure this week with temperatures hitting 14 and possibly 15 degrees or higher. Winter hasn't finished with us yet, I'm sure, but I always look at February as the month where the snow and ice takes hold and we freeze our way into March. But this year, it looks like we're on a mini heat wave as the warm air is being dragged up from the Canary Islands. And I'm sure lots of beekeepers will be jumping at the chance to have a look in their beehives this weekend. This is where you'd expect me to say, don't inspect but I know some of you just can't help yourselves and having previously told you to sit on your hands, I would say if you're going to look, just make sure you're going in with a plan and know exactly what you're looking for and why you're inspecting. I've touched on the why and how to inspect this early in the season before, so I'm not going to go through all that again today. Just be sure to go carefully and quickly and keep your goal in mind. I've been round all of my colonies and put fondant on the ones I wanted to feed. Everything's looking good and with just the one colony currently being queenless we appear to be heading out of February with plenty of strong hives for the start of the new season. So I probably won't be inspecting any bees this weekend although having said that I might have a quick look at the CBPV nuke that I have at my allotment. I saw the bees flying from the nuke yesterday so they're still alive but I think the virus has still got a firm grip of them. One of the benefits of living in the UK is we have a very active core of beekeeping associations, all helping their beekeeping members to improve and develop their beekeeping skills. One such association is the Cambridgeshire Beekeeping Association, who hold an annual one-day event in March with guest speakers talking about a range of topics. This year, I'm particularly interested to listen to Professor Giles Budge from Newcastle University, who's talking about the ongoing research into chronic bee paralysis virus. This is the research to which I contributed a sample of my bees. Hopefully, they can come up with a plan to help beekeepers who find this infection in their colonies. The other reason for heading to the Cambridgeshire Talks is that they always provide a fantastic lunch. Food is never far away from my thoughts, obviously. And on the subject of food, particularly food with honey as an ingredient, I saw a fantastic recipe for honey and peach pie on the TV last night. One of my favourite TV celebrity chefs, Rick Stein, made this really simple dish. So I'm going to give it a try this weekend and I'll post my efforts on video to the Patreon page as normal. I'm sure it won't quite be up to the class of Rick Stein, but we'll give it our very best shot. I hope those of you that have subscribed to the Patreon page have enjoyed my cookery exploits this winter. I've certainly enjoyed making all of the recipes. The honey and peach pie looks really simple to make and has very few ingredients, and I'll post a blog with my efforts and the recipe in the next couple of weeks so you can all have a go if you want to try. 
It's going to be a busy couple of months coming up as I've been putting off some essential preparatory work for the new season. I've still not made up all of the frames and hive parts that I recently bought and there's still some cleaning to be done. The reason for the delay is also the reason that I have some exciting news to share this week. I don't very often share personal stuff but it's all relevant to the beekeeping challenges and I'm sure I'm not alone in the frustrations I've faced over the past few years. As you probably know, I'm a tiny commercial producer compared to a lot of other UK bee farmers, and I guess most UK bee farmers are fairly tiny when compared to some of the honey producers in the USA. That said, we all have to manage our businesses and cut our cloth accordingly, as they say. The last year has seen my beekeeping business grow quite nicely. I like to think I'm becoming a more competent beekeeper as each season passes, and that reflects in my business. We should have close on 65 to 70 colonies coming out of the winter and all of this work has been carried out from my humble little home here in Norwich and a workshop come honey room measuring just three metres square. I have a garage full of beekeeping kit, two sheds at Otapuries for storing stuff. When I say stuff, I'm sure you know what I mean. Unmade frames, hive parts, settling tanks of various sizes, steam cleaning tanks, spare wax, spare bee suits broken hive parts that I keep promising I'll repair next season. The list is pretty much endless. And somewhere in amongst all of that are my two prized stainless steel hive tools, which, since carrying out the oxalic acid treatments, have both disappeared. They're bound to be around somewhere, but they're like old gloves that fit nicely to your hand, and I'm really annoyed at myself that I've misplaced them both. I'm sure they'll reappear once I get control of my untidy storage systems, though, so I I don't think they're lost forever. Add to that all of the non-beekeeping junk that I've accumulated over the years and I'm getting very short of space. Anyway, back to the exciting news. I finally managed to find somewhere to use for storage and as a workshop. It's an old commercial chicken shed and I've been allowed to rent about half of the entire unit which will measure about 10 metres by 14 metres. So instead of having about 20 square metres of floor space as I currently have, I'll soon have around 140 square metres of floor space, plus all of the old space that I previously had. For obvious security reasons, I'm not going to give out the exact location, but it's within easy reach of my home, and I should even be able to cycle to work on those days I need to spend a full day at the workshop. I'm still determined to try and get fit and lose a bit of weight. It's currently undergoing some repair and tidying up work, but I hope to be able to start moving some of my equipment across in the next couple of weeks. It might not seem very exciting, but I've never really had an opportunity to grow my business at the speed I'd like to, mainly because I simply couldn't afford to rent premises and for various reasons haven't been able to buy myself that idyllic farmhouse with outbuildings and land that I always wanted as a boy. Now, with this large space... I'll be able to move all of my equipment to one site, get it cleaned, stored and ready for immediate use instead of having to visit several locations in order to find out where that queen-rearing box or the spare wax for brood frames is stored. I know it's stored somewhere, but for the life of me can never remember and so I end up wasting time travelling from shed to shed or back to my garage to try and find out where I've left it. My plan is to keep the honey extraction room on site at home it makes sense for now as I have a clean room all kitted out with the washable floor and walls power sockets are all in the right positions and all of the expensive kit is in just the right position but with the shelving and beekeeping gear removed from the garage 
I should be able to process around 40 to 50 supers each time. And for me, currently, that's plenty of space. I shouldn't need any more at the moment. All of the other equipment will be moved across and I'll have it neatly stored and stacked ready for use. At least that's how it will be for the first month and then we'll see as the season progresses how quickly it deteriorates. I've previously obtained some heavy-duty racking units, shelving that measures about 2.5 metres long by 600mm deep. These are great, but only if you can get at them from both sides. As it stands in the garage at the moment, I can only get at them from one side, and some kit gets put on the shelf only to be pushed backwards as the next bit of kit gets pushed in front of it, and then it just disappears to the back of the shelf. Perhaps that's where my hive tools have disappeared to. These shelving units, which happen to be scattered between the garage at home and my two sheds, will make up a run of about 9 metres or more of shelving, with up to three shelves in each bay. So I'll have heaps of space for storage, and the added benefit of being able to get round both sides to access the equipment. The chicken shed also has electricity and mains water, so it's looking pretty solid as a base to get things done. For those of you out there wanting to expand but being frustrated by a lack of space or other specific reasons like financing it, all I'd say is try to hold on and be patient. It's taken me a while to get things sorted, but I'm glad I didn't jump in and end up with some huge financial commitment by renting or trying to buy a large unit and all the pressures that that brings to bear. I think I've spent my time and money wisely investing it in beekeeping equipment and stock, all of which has had a positive impact on growth rather than overstretching and getting myself into financial difficulties. So that's my news for the week. With any luck, I'll be moving into the new workshop in a couple of weeks' time. Moving on, I wanted to mention Nosema. Now's a good time to grab a sample and test your colonies. I'll be doing just that next week. I won't go into the details again, as I spent quite a lot of time last year recording the whole process way back in episode 3, that seems such a long, long time ago. Briefly though, cover up the entrance on a warmer day when the bees are out flying and you'll be able to get plenty of flying bees to sample as they return. If you find you have a medium to heavy infection of Nosema, then look to swap out at least half of all of your brood frames. Failing that, carry out a shook swarm on the entire colony to give them a fresh start on nice new foundation. If you can avoid treating the bees, you'll be doing them and the environment some good. And of course, here in the UK, there are no authorised treatments for Nosema. Other jobs you should be looking to get on with in the next few weeks will really be determined by the weather conditions. If it turns cold again, which it probably will, make sure your bees are not going to be isolated from their food stores. Either swap some frames around or alternatively put a pack of fondant on top of the crime board. If, like me, you've left the new season preparations late, it would be a good idea to wax some frames with foundation, if that's how you keep your bees. Make sure that once you have nice new wax foundation in the frames that you store it safely, otherwise a change in weather may see mice heading back into your shed or garage and eating their way through your hard work. Other things to check are things like bee suits, smokers, and your kit bag of bits that you carry to the hive during inspection. Zips can easily become broken on bee suits so it's worth just checking to make sure everything works well before you need it. Also remember this year is our green year for colour coding queens. I'll be switching to a green pen to write on the tops of my hive roofs too. 
it helps me remember what I saw last time I was in the apiary if there's something specific I just need to look at. All of the old jottings from last year can be scrubbed off when I carry out my spring cleaning of the hives and then we have a clean slate to start over again this year. I use the water-based queen marking pens to write on the roofs as well as mark the queens and if you are wondering what type I use check out my website to see exactly the brand that I have. As we move into March we'll definitely be looking at our first full inspections if the weather holds but again it'll be simple checks to make sure that they have enough food that the colony is queen right and to start the spring cleaning process. That's where I swap out the floor brood box and crime board and replace them with nice clean kit ready for the new season. It's surprising just how difficult inspecting hives with several years of propolis and wax accumulated around the runners can be. Replacing with a fresh brood box with new runners makes inspecting so easy you'll wonder why you never did it before. Finally remember those equipment sales coming up. If you miss B Tradex there's always the spring convention and I'll be heading to both so do stop me and say hello. Well that's it for this week. Thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Yeah.